I always think about this like, what if this was just on your actual skin? Just. It would be so bad. Dude, terrible. Like, just continuously on your. Like, dude. <laughs> really <laughs> fucking bad, dude. Yeah. Really bad, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that God, thing's like a, so that's like a thousand degrees. That, yeah, that torch. It would literally, it would like burn. It would just start ripping through your body at some point, I think. Actually, it might not have enough air pressure, but. You'd just be like cooking your meat while it's still on you. 100%. Your nerve yeah, endings would just be, would just be like frying up. away. And it's like. Yeah, dude, not so gnarly. Like bro. flying off of you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man excited excited dude we're fucking we're episode 14 right now dude episode 14 can you believe it dude dude are you cooling down right now yeah i'm cooling down what are you dude? smoking right now what are you smoking right now so oh shit dude well i went to the store today and i was like looking at all the terps dude and you know, this one grabbed my eye. I've been enjoying the uh, the brand Cosmic. They've been having oh, yeah. some good flavors. I love Cosmic, and it's yep. it's pretty affordable for price, you yep. know. So I got the Tropicana Punch okay. today because I. It's probably a mix. I don't know. It sounds like a mixed name. Punch generally um, is a good indicator of some mixing's been happening. Yeah. And uh, it's time for me to. It's time for me to go in, I believe. Almost. Ooh, yeah. dude. You like that? I'm doing a big one. A look, big look, one? look at this. Huge. Oh, that's mammoth. Wow. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a big one. Now I'm timing down here. Oh, wow. Look at you, really, really flying through Flavor Town over there. Yeah, the Tropicana really Punch does sound high. good. I do love, uh, I do love Cosmic. They had a, they had a Medusa cut. They had a Medusa. I don't know if that still comes around because I don't know if they source their own biomass. But that shit is, <laughs> that shit was fire. I remember that. So, one. so Jackie, so Dermony. It's like, yeah, God, it's just like eating a pine like salt. Yeah, it's like eating yeah. a bottle of pine salt. <laughs> Yeah, it was like the la the pine saw lady just like pouring it in your mouth. Oh, dude, my dad almost beat my ass so hard one time as a kid. Oh my God! Speaking of pine saw, dude, holy shit! Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Hold on, let me rip this. Let me rip this fucking. This. There we go. There we go. Wow, return pod. We're doing big dabs, dude. We're fucking back. Jeez. Oh. 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 Uh, wow. If you aren't smoking right now, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. If you ain't doing a big ass dab, where the fuck you at? <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Yeah, dude. This stuff. <coughs> this Goji Margie. From the just Goji. That name, though. 
<laughs> Dude, this stuff is so terpy, and it's got kind of like a. It looks like it. It's got kind of like a like a pinkish tinge to it. Can you see that? Like a rose, a little bit. like a rose. Probably in person, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, it looks better. It's crazy, dude. But that looks delicious. Wow. <laughs> so this one time, when I was probably like 13 or 14, my mm-hmm. homies were just like left at the house for a Saturday. Oh, my dad was gone somewhere. Who knows? Anyway, we were like, we got like pine saw out. Like you know, how it like polishes and makes wood all shiny and. It also makes it oh, like yeah. hell slippy, you know, like pretty, pretty slippery. Mm-hmm. So, you guys had a hardwood floor, dude. My whole house was hardwood. <laughs> so we I see where this is going. We made like there's like the whole main floor of the house was connected. You just had to open mm-hmm. all of the doors, you know. So we made like a racetrack. Like there were just like running spots where there was no pine saw. So you could and so you could catch and then there was full pine saw spots. <laughs> <laughs> we were just like boosted on our That's socks, funny. dude, just flying around this thing. Of course, like we're like home, we're like hanging out watching a movie. It's like seven or eight o'clock at night and my dad comes home from doing whatever he's doing and like I forget that we've pine sawed the whole fucking floor into an ice rink at this point. <laughs> my dad like starts to go up the stairs and like oh, no. it slips and just like almost kills himself and he just just starts for like what the fuck <laughs> <You know? laughs> that, oh, that feeling you know that like feeling like starts at your head you know and it's just oh, yeah. like the blood just like runs out like- of your Shit. And you remember, you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> I covered the entire floor in pine saw. <coughs> and so that's, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So I, you know, I told my dad he was pissed uh, and and made me, um, while my friends were still there, made me get warm rags and wipe down the floor and then, um, yeah, I cleaned it all up. Essentially, it took me like two hours. It was not fun, so. Damn. But that's what you get for being a dumbass, you know. I bet it probably smelled. Like, did it smell like pine saw a little bit Dude. at all? Like, Dude. The the house, the You're whole like, house, smells. yeah, the whole house was smelled like the cleaning section at Costco. It was like. You smell that now, and that you go in that aisle, and you just like think about that. T- You're just like. Ah! PTSD. That's funny. <coughs> Dude, how you been, man? Good, man. Good. You've been you've been fucking out there. Out there. Doing it. Tearing it up, working hard, hardly working, you know. <coughs> oh. It's good. I um Yeah, I uh What's it's, it's ahead, I was just going to say it's nice we like you know, I feel like I've talked to you a lot recently. So I feel like I know what you've been up to. I feel like I don't really. Yeah, there's not. I like don't. We've been. Give a fuck what you did the last week, you know? Like I'm ready to just podcast with you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, teasing. Oh, teasing. Of course I care. <laughs> um, 
No, I mean you probably saw. I, I got some sweet, uh, some sweet pictures recently. I did see from that. The past couple of shows I was doing. So who was that? Was that someone with a real camera? Where? Um, yeah. So his name's Adam. He's this photographer in Santa Cruz, and he's been doing it for uh, quite some time now. He gets like a lot of the music events and like the comedy shows and kind of just like stuff at the catalyst like he just is like a photographer for like the area i think like some of the newspapers and stuff may use some of his photos uh and like websites and stuff but yeah it was uh it was cool though that he was just like at the show taking pictures like he got some great like you know it's kind of some like candid shots of me on stage and stuff so i thought that was i thought that was neat you know yeah like you don't have i don't have a camera of that quality so it was cool to to get that on there. No, you can like you can get pretty close. You can get it's amazing what iPhones can do these days, but so you got to have like really good lighting. It's amazing what people can yeah. do with good cameras with in terrible lighting. Yeah. A little um, bit of editing. I know the shows have been fun and I got one coming up um this weekend, so that'll be uh, fun too. I'm excited about that lineup. There's like a lot of a lot of good comics from the Bay Area coming down, so it'll be fun. We just got the um, official picks for Aunt Kyla's wedding back. Oh, nice! Yeah. So you'll see those coming up on Instagram here shortly. All, we you're all suited up and shit. Yeah, some of them are cute. The one of the the one of me and Aunt. There's there's one where I'm like, I like have him in my arms and I'm like kissing him. You know, it's so it's oh yeah. sick, dude. And then there's uh yeah there's some that'll be good there's some good ones there's some hilarious ones so can you send me that I don't have it yet oh, actually hold on yeah oh. yeah I, do. I can't I want I want just that one <laughs> put it on my wall on your wall yeah <laughs> oh my god man where was I. Where were you when I, what's that song? Where were you when I needed you? I don't know, but please stop doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but please don't do that again. (laughs) Uh, Dude, where's this fucking picture, man? Dude, all this dead air, man. Come on, find it. Oh, here he is, dude. Here we go. Oh, wow. You weren't kidding. You really are. Yeah, I'm giving a big kiss. Oh, I thought you were. I thought it was a joke. Why would I joke about something like that? (laughs) Why would I joke about my love for our friend Anthony? Dude. Anthony, if you're listening to this, Michael's a doubter. Did you get a new phone? Oh, yeah, dude. You're 13. Serena and I upgraded. Yeah, dude. Yeah, the thirteen. Wow. Yeah, what's the 13 difference? Pro. What, what do you notice about it compared to your other phone? Literally, nothing? N- literally nothing. <laughs> Cameras are better. It is slightly Cameras bigger. Better. Oh yeah, you got all that. It is slightly bigger. Okay. Um, yeah, it looks bulkier, like uh, thicker. Yeah, it's definitely bigger. Uh, I mean, it's literally. I mean, I think there's probably a lot of other stuff that you can do that I just haven't taken the time to figure out yet. You know. Um, Probably. Probably the coolest part these days is that when I transferred, you don't even need to use your iCloud 
backup to transfer your phone information anymore. It can do it between the phones via proximity. Whoa. So it's like, what? Yeah. Like I just, so you just put your new phone next to your old and phone just, and it just does it. Does it. How the fuck does it do it? What? What? Pretty crazy, dude. I was like, wow, that's sick. I mean, it was literally, literally my old phone went, went wow. to my new phone in 10 minutes. I mean, it was just, it was, it was. Do you think we'll be able to do that one day? Just stand next to each other and it won't have to say anything. It'll just be like, it'll just, we'll have a thing. It'll just like share. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, oh dude, God. standing next to you and talking to you is pretty cool. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Are you talking about us just standing next to each other and just communicating without words, just with our minds? Like, yeah, we could just like. Like a screen opens up and then we're... Could you imagine how weird it's going to be? You just walk into a bar and it's totally silent. And everybody's just like... (laughs) 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 You like walk in, your implant is like, it's lit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To everyone in the bar and they're all like, it is lit. It actually is quite <laughs> lit here. Some people in the back are like, "No, it's not." Yeah. They're like, "Why do you? Why are you here then?" Everybody's like, "Why are you here then?" Because like, I'm actually. I, we don't have to be. Doesn't be lit everywhere. I'm actually having a bad time. Yeah. Because of you, and then it's like it all. It's it just all just like unravels. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. <laughs> uh, should we get into the uh, the agenda for the, the day? First- the first topic of today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Our weed topic. Um, price compression, people. I mean, this isn't necessarily restricted to cannabis. This is an economic concept. Um, but, you know, we're really starting to see some of the most violent compression. Um, and it's interesting because it's in individualized markets. So this is not in a fully legal federal cross-state market yet, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and I thought it was interesting to talk about specifically the, uh, compression that's occurring in California this year as it's probably the most violent that's happened. Um, really in the last, it's probably since like legalities happened. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's, it's interesting. Like I I've seen and, and heard as much as a hundred percent price decrease and and in compression and lower quality and mid quality markets um and you're seeing like the greenhouse yeah exactly yeah outdoor and it's and it's interesting to see how this is like filtering through into the retail marketplace and just like the total ecosystem in general um so um Anyway, do you have any uh, additional additional thoughts before I start jumping in off well, of points? <clears throat> yeah, kind of what you were just saying is just uh, I feel like there's a divide between you know like the the like the stuff that's like sought after like the nice like the you know the high end product huge divide like that just that price going way up and then also the cheaper um, you know 
greenhouse material that you're talking just that getting shoved down and like that following all the way to like your choices as a person in the dispensary yeah like a lot of it is yep. you know there's like this bulk low quality just shelf you know it's all like and it's just that's how it's shown to you even though it's still probably some it's still probably you know great smoke uh and then you know on the other side it's just like this it seems like it's like this everything's like really bright and shiny and poppy and it's, and it's all of it's like pretty pricey so you're like as a as a consumer it's kind of you know you're you feel like you're identifying yourself with one or the other uh when you when you're buying it so yeah that's kind of what i find interesting about it you know yeah yeah i think that's that's uh it's an interesting point and that's kind of you know so well i think it's 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 good for people to make sure they understand like why this happens every year um and and that's made dude that's so like people got to understand like the process of the full term harvest cycle around cannabis and and outdoor. Mm-hmm. So essentially like cannabis is a lot like basically everything else that's an annual uh um harvest crop, a fall harvest crop where it's dependent its fruiting and vegetation cycle are dependent on the amount of light that's coming from the sun and literal hours of light that are coming from the sun. And the 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 type of plants that can grow and like the density of those plants that can fruit and grow are um are are variant depending on how far away they are from the equator during that season whatever their growing season may be and that changes depending on whether you're in the northern northern or southern hemisphere cannabis specifically needs over 12 hours of light in order to be in its vegetative cycle that means like it's not producing flower it's just getting bigger and bigger and as long as there's over 12 hours of light cannabis plants will just continue to get bigger they'll just get huge that's where Mm -hmm. you see you know the photos i know you know this but that's like that's just yeah we've got you and i have grown some pretty big fucking full-term plants before you know um and i've (laughs) seen some that are just absolutely unreal in size like 10 12 feet 14 feet tall plants that are just uh, uh, unmanageable you know um but once they switch into flower they require 12 hours of light actually that's kind of they start transitioning actually as soon as they hit about 13 or so and then they will really drive well at at 12 hours of light um and and then below that and that's how the the plant triggers and this is how wheat functions in this way corn functions in this way um a lot of squashes Mm -hmm. basically everything that you grow in your garden during the summertime is following its veg and fruit cycle off of the quantity of light and some plants and fruits are just reactive off of the amount of light that they require for that signal um so where i'm going with this is that everybody's if you are harvesting full-term cannabis, it you, you only do it one time a year, okay? And it's literally during the fall, September, October. Um, and then the other thing is that you also see the highest abundance of light during this time frame, right? It's the best time of year from basically anywhere in California from like, call it May, through September, October, um, depending on how far north or south you are, because it is such a big state. Um, and so that being said, in the greenhouse market, specific, I mean, absolutely in the outdoor market, you get a flood because it, it's all harvested during the same time of the year. And then during the greenhouse market, you still really do get a flood as well because you're getting 
the you're getting peak sunlight for like three to four months during that and it's it's night and day yeah. from a cultivation perspective how much that additional sunlight and consistency in light what that does for the for the total yield of the facility and for the operation it's amazing and you just can't get mm-hmm. that even if you have supplemental light unless your greenhouse is perfect and it's an enclosed environment if you're depending on sunlight at all for continual growth and efficacy and density of PPFD you are you're you are just not going to produce the same for like most of the year because of the challenges with light consistency it's just it's just a bottom line not everywhere but most places most places it's just it's just that way so you get you get all of your outdoor harvested during the same time of year and then you get your bumper greenhouse all being harvested during the same time of the year and so this causes uh just naturally a flood into the marketplace um Mm -hmm. and so you know not and so you know just through the process of supply and demand through the process of supply and demand you have you have you have ultimately have price compression and it's it's and price compression is at the end of the day i mean it's pretty self-explanatory in the term but it can cross through multiple functions but it's not just it's not just things getting cheaper right it's services having to get cheaper as well right it's operations having to try and get cheaper as well mm-hmm. right and so this is the challenge it's not just what we're going to talk about on some of these points here coming up is it's not just the impacts of how how volatile ebbs and flows in pricing can affect the consumer and the businesses but how it affects the ecosystem around the businesses as well anyway yeah so like the uh like some of those ecosystems like would you would you say that some are affected more heavily than others like i feel like it's it really hits like the the people that are like you know trying to be really efficient like with manufacturing and stuff and trying to like um you know well that's where they make their i think that's it's interesting it's i yeah, I mean, unless you are thinking about those things, you are gonna you're gonna get fucked. Like you, if you have to be thinking about your cost of production at every level, granularly, yeah. right? It's really able to drill down all the way and explain it. Otherwise, if you're missing these gaps, they add up over time. And the challenge is, is you've got it's taken a while, but you finally have. You finally have cannabis businesses that are doing this, um, and and the people who are the people who are able to like really make money during flood mark, flood seasons like this are the people who ultimately understand what their all in cost of production is, whether it's growing flour or rolling a joint or whatever, and or creating a branded product, and they know that they can essentially sustain even it's if even if it's a reduced volume in sales they're able to sustain revenue based off of just the build of materials cost and cost of acquisition and 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 the the dollars that should yeah. be that should be made right so um 
the other side is, is that like, what type of business do you have? What are you doing to hedge against compression? And like, these are mm-hmm. all things that like a lot of cannabis businesses in California, either through their own, like in ability or through just like the sheer challenge of trying to run their business, they're not thinking about very well. Um, and it's interesting to see that compared to a, the rest of the country that's starting to heat up who is thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it seems like, uh, you know, several, I would say several brands, you start to see them like have like a value value product now added to their offering when like things like during the season that you're talking about like the after those months like into like the new year it's like we always kind of see like these bulk like discount kind of bags or like you know like they're making these like there's this new pre-roll that's like you know infused or something and that they have like a bunch of now and uh i think it's interesting too just like how that how that affects like the people that are going in and buying like it's just i mean it's good for the consumer like, frankly yeah. it takes a little while for compression to trickle down to the consumer because consumers have to understand that every 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 part of the business up until you buying weed wants to hedge against this and they want to mm-hmm. they want to keep it as balanced and frankly they want to continue to make as much money as possible right that's that's every business's ML. Like, sorry, sorry, but if, if yeah. your business's MO is not make money, then you're unless unless you're like a nonprofit or something like that, right? But cannabis businesses yeah, totally. aren't that. But my point is here is that they all are worrying about their protect. They're trying to protect the value of their brand, their product, their extract, their retail location, whatever before before the consumer now the good thing is is that like this is just the, the and this is like the beautiful part of open market um capitalism there's competition right here and like this is mm-hmm. why you know you you see this where you know these businesses have to have to compete and there isn't room for like 46 pre-roll brands with 42% of them being white label, you know, like, yeah. like eventually like this is why and how consolidation happens. Um, and, and I, it's interesting. I feel like I, I like, I hear myself say that and that's not me trying to, that's not me trying to be like, Oh, survival of the fittest, you know, like you better figure it out. And it's, it's not that way. I think, what a lot of consumers don't understand is that a lot of these cannabis businesses have been have frankly been getting away with with murder like they're not they're not focused on making a uh, a quality product they're they're focused on on selling you uh something that they can mark up by 30 to 50 percent um and 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 so you know this sort of competition is going to be really interesting for what is one of the most what is one of the largest and most competitive markets being the state of California so mm-hmm. um it's 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 going to be interesting to see how this happens next year 
have you been seeing i know like i mean you're kind of in the thick of it out there um you know i like i we've talked about this before like what's what's some of the average price changes that you've seen um and like things like light up and well you've seen like uh i mean there's there's like a lot of there's like this big middle range is what i'm noticing um and like a lot of uh like there's the you know like the high end stuff that's going for like 70 80 90 and 8th and then there's this huge middle range of like what looks like a mixture of greenhouse and like indoor that just like I think they're all trying to be like the 50 to $60. Like that's where I kind of shop because there's the most available of this range of price. And the quality within that is interesting to look at because it's so different. Yeah. Like you see stuff that's just like, like how are they selling this for $50? But these people are selling, you know, you're kind of, and then you kind of are doing that yourself. And then eventually you go, okay, this seems like the best for my, you can whittle it down, you know, if you know what you're looking at. But yeah, I'd say like a, the price range difference I mean, it's not like it's kind of the similar similar price. It's just the quality within that price, I guess, yeah, is like can range heavily. Very, well, it's interesting, very, right? Because yeah. it's like, and this is the thing that I think is interesting is you have you have businesses now over there that are large enough that they can and they're they're branded, so they're cultivation businesses that are branded, and they can mm-hmm. they can grow and package enough product that and set a price for it that they can interrupt the market. And so this is the thing that brings me to, you know, another point is like serviceable market saturation is something to interest be is something to think about. Right. And that's, and that's like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I th- right now it's like, I think about this a lot, you know, at AWH as we are over here in the Midwest and Northeast where it's still a lot of medical States that are in that process. So they were, they didn't have any program. Now they have a medical program and then, they're getting ready to convert to rec, but it, and, but it, understanding their market is, is a limitation of understanding how many registered patients they have, right? Which is a, a literal count on the serviceable market of people that can actually go and spend money on your, on your product potentially, right? So in California, obviously that number is massive and it's, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's huge, but there's still a cap to that. And, and I think that what you're starting to see is the range of what that cap is, is starting to get explored, you know, and, um, and you know, it's like, it's like how many, like, look like pre-rolls are a massive market, but how many actual pre-rolls need to get rolled a year, right? How, How many, how many. Like what's the break even point for like consumption for sure. and the supply and demand? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and then, and then is who's thinking of that? That's one line, right? If we were to plot that right on a graph, that's one line. Yeah. And then the other line is the production of that material that produces pre-rolls, right? Yeah. Like backtrack them. It's, yeah. The source. Material right. Those are going. At, like they've been growing one's way up here and one's like they've been growing fairly parallel right well i mean honestly the serviceable market started way higher right especially at the yeah. turn of legalization right it started way higher and the it's just been the pre-roll line 
and the the actually it's the biomass line has just been trying to catch up right mm-hmm. now it's getting closer and closer every year it's getting closer and closer every year and it's going to be really interesting what happens right like what's going to happen first does the biomass oh, production line yeah hit which plateaus first, right? It's definitely mm-hmm. going to be the serviceable market plateaus first, if history tells us anything. Yeah, we can only smoke so many joints, and then, you know. <laughs> but the biomass production is still is still is still just right. And if I get, I bet you, if yeah. you were to plot this over time, you would see that the the serviceable market line has been starting to plateau for quite some time while the biomass production line has been on a rampant increase mm-hmm. just quarter over quarter right so eventually one that i think i i i think that the biomass production is going to just absolutely smash through the serviceable market cap right and but the my my yeah. my thought is is does does cross-state legalization happen before that and based off of what i've seen in this last in this current year's price compression i don't think so i think that it's i think that 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 pretty soon within the next one to two years before it's federally legal you're it's going to be there's just it's going to be like oregon and california where and it's it's going to become like five bucks it's which is going to be fantastic right like as a consumer Uh it's going to be so sick because you're just going to be able to get 75 cent joints, it. Yeah. 75 cent <laughs> infused joints of 38% fucking weed, you know, and you're going to be able to get like six star live raws for like 30 bucks a gram. Like yeah. Yeah. So Crazy. like, that'll be awesome. So it's like as for a consumer, this is great. But if you're as a, as a cannabis business, it's like, if you're not planning for this, if you haven't been planning for this, you better fucking get ready. You know, and if I was a white label brand, mm. I'd be scared shitless unless I was a brand like Old Pal, which is which is like even still though, Old Pal needs to be worried yeah. too because even though there's gonna be there's like going to be more and more cheap weed available, there's they aren't they don't have a cultivation site, right? So well, and then what's you know as people get brought down to their level of price. Mm-hmm the quality will remain the same exactly and so it's still they're just now those people are going to be available there's going to be you know as they rise back up they might get back you know they might catch some people back you know as price starts to go back up but it won't be a while until everything's like back to being expensive again you know those those like time periods are pretty long in between yeah yeah so tell me um tell me about like um psych your your note on cycles of production here Oh, so, I mean, it kind of goes back to what we were, um, you know, talking about uh, now with this supply and demand graph. Like, I feel like there, there's there been, you know, just from being and working in the seasons now, you start to notice, like, patterns of just kind of how everything is, everything is being affected by this, like, in the, you know, in the different, like, chains of the, you know, from start to finish. And so, like, what I find interesting interesting is, like, when when the flood happens, basically, there's, like, 
you know, kind of a rush to, because qual- everything's so cheap, right? There seems like there's like a lot of, you know, bulk product being pushed out. And then that kind of, the stuff that was on the shelves initially there, I feel like that's kind of what's, they just hold that out and kind of maybe discount that. So there's like that brief period too of like, feels like there's like discount sale come because everything's coming in and then you know that kind of sits but it is like from cycles of production like i feel like it affects all areas of it which is interesting because everything is so related like like it's it's interesting how all the you know because the cannabis plant just goes to so many different things like it's it's just it's crazy how like once the flood happens like it seems like everything has an abundance like you get an abundance of flour pre-rolls like con- discount concentrate, like infused pre-rolls, uh, and like even like edibles, you know, because they're just making and like pens probably too because of all the distillate. For from sure, all the, you know, because yep. And the cycle of it that I find interesting is like you can maybe have a shit ton of outdoor or whatever that you came and grew, but it all tests if it all tests like in the low, you know, teens. Yeah, or what whatever, does it matter? Yeah, so then there's, like, that filter. It's like a Plinko board. Like, it's just, like, you throw it, like, it's just, but it seems like you're dumping, like, a shit ton of Plinko chips in at one time, and then they all are falling to the bottom, and then you have to wait for the bottom to kind of catch up, clean out again before you can, yeah, and it's weird to see how long that takes. Um, Or, like, how much of that flour just gets, like, and all these, like, stops where uh, it just, like, there's just... You know, I imagine just a bunch of, a bunch of ext- like extractors probably love it. Like, as extractors are probably some of the people that benefit the most. I think in this, when these areas pen extractors, distillate like, extractors for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those dudes are just. It's like, you know, they probably, they probably just make bank on like, and just have some of the gnarliest mids coming in there, just getting, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, yeah, that's what, that's what I find interesting about just how like the cycle of, you know, the season is just, I feel like you, and how long that product lasts and like carries over until the next season it's, and how that's just becoming like the trend of what like you can expect with some, with certain items and, uh, you know, it's hard to like. I wonder when that's going to change. That was kind of the other thing I wrote uh, was, you know, it's just like, how long does the, you know, when does the consumer start to catch on and when does, you know, when do they start to like really, there's nothing that they can really do about it, I guess, until there's like more stability or something. Well, I mean, what can the consumer or do about any of this stuff? I mean, fuck all. What does the consumer that's, really, what, yeah, does the, what does the consumer even care about too? Most people, it's like people still I mean, again, it's like most people are just concerned about, I mean, they've got, they've got a limited amount of money to come and spend. And we're talking 70, 80% of consumers, right? They've got, they're yeah. on a, they're on a pretty tight budget. Um, you know, they probably feel like they should be spending their money on something else. You know, who doesn't have credit card debt that they should be paying off. Right. And then, yeah. So they're coming in there and they're always, they're just, people are just going to always continually buy like highest THC for per dollar. You know, that, that's like most of the market, I think. Um, which is, yeah, it's true. You know, which is not the end of the world. 
you know, and I think, and I, what, what's good about that concept and, and like, if you, whether obviously as someone who's people who are like highly engaged in the industry and who care about the product a lot, we're going to feel differently. But what, what's good about that common denominator is that it forces all of the businesses to have to operate from the same point with right like with that in mind so now not all of them right and this is brings me to kind of like my last point is like what do you do against price compression and that's like you have to find the valuable niches and master them it's critical in cannabis flower production it's exotic indoor flower that you can produce all year around in any environment and you get quality genetics you get things that are testing above 20% bare minimum ideally mm-hmm. 30 to 40% of your stable tests above 25% high qual- high terpene production and and then you you know you you you, you don't get your fucking boy who does graphic design who had two years at the local community college, you saddle up, you go hire a real fucking company to get you some good graphics and an actual marketable uh-huh. business, right? And and you package and sell the shit out of your high quality indoor flower, right? That's that's like basically the only thing you can do in in flower just to, to keep yourself from getting compressed into oblivion. It's literally gonna be the only thing you can do is sell branded high quality indoor product. And then if you are really good at it, you scale that over time and you, you capture all of the other white label brands that are essentially your competitors, but you don't make them competitors anymore. You profit off of them by growing their weed, right? It's like the same Mm -hmm. thing that like Coke does, right? You just buy, you're like, okay, we make your fucking drink now. It's not a big deal. So, um, not like yes, that's a bummer, but like there's still the other world, right? This is what gives me hope, and why I'm not like jaded or upset about this. This com- this competition is good for the consumer because the other world where this still is retained, where the super high quality boutique mindset is retained, is similar to like microbrew, right? Where that whole revolution yeah. came to fruition. Like my favorite like iron horse in our, in, in Ellensburg, mm-hmm. you know, at our album water. Like that's. Yeah. And the breweries that they have down in this area too. Fuck uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and what they're doing now mm-hmm. with that sort of graphic design and marketing and how, uh, yeah, uh, and, and the cool thing is too, is eventually cannabis will be, well, you'll be able to distribute it like you can mm-hmm. booze. Right. So like you and your friends can run a small four or 5,000 square foot grow with a little 2000 square foot self distribution room and house. And you guys can pack you just have your and have your flavors and you can ship your weed all over the country and you can continue to charge a really high price because eventually when federal legalization happens, your serviceable market is, is, is <laughs> it's going to repeat. It's completely changed. Yeah, it's, it's complete the same exact thing that we're talking about. Eventually, mm-hmm. you might even be able to, maybe if, maybe even within our fucking lifetime, there will be international distribution of cannabis. Wow. And you'll be able to just run your 10,000 square foot grow in fucking Buckley, Washington, you know, 
and get cheap-ass water and cheap-ass power and cheap-ass real estate, you know, and just grow fucking kill every year and ship it to wherever. Yeah, and people get a box of their stuff and they take a picture with it. Post it on the gram. I just they got a review. Just got my box of uh of Mikey's fucking But it's in Arabic, you know? Mango. Yeah. yeah. Mikey's mango. Honestly, know. that's what we're gonna be doing when we're old and retired, just running a sick ten thousand square foot indoor on our <laughs> on our property, dude. That's what you and I are gonna be doing, dude. Dude. Just having some sick flavors and Having like a just a closed loop something system. Oh, as dude! Well. Just it'll be so automated at that point too. It's like we will just. Now we gotta do solventless. Fuck that. Solventless on everything. <laughs> solventless. On- anyway, uh, I feel like yeah, I feel like there's a great point to end on there. It is. That uh, you know, the um, kind of yeah, you like saw, you like peeked into the future, dude. Hopefully, it becomes a. Uh, becomes a reality but i wanted to uh you have some current events listed here that i wanted to uh, and these are depressing to get so into get ready <laughs> or do you want to do you want to do the should we do dms first nah, 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 nah. we'll get we'll do the current okay. events. We'll, we'll end on a light no okay i mean the the thing i i just real quick i wanted to just get an update on my aunt mark we've talked about this in episodes previous um so i thought i'd, yeah. I'd probably bring it up still a military coup in place there um still protests happening every day um at this point now it's it's uh, you know, the internet has is completely controlled by the government they're just executing reporters in the streets uh it's insane it's insane um and i, I mean obviously I, mean, I bring it up not it's obviously i mean there's nothing we can do about it but i just i just think it you know, it's crazy how you know, thank fucking God, dude. Like, I can't, like, I don't, what would we do? You and I would be done for if we lived there. Yeah. So, well, something I found interesting because you brought it up. I, I was looking at some articles uh, on The Guardian, uh, and I found one that said that Facebook, uh, Facebook's role in Myanmar and Ethiopia under new scrutiny. And then I'm sure you know about uh, the whistle, the Facebook whistleblower. I think it's Francis, I don't know how to say the name, Haugen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. Yep. Uh, there was I was reading through this and I thought it was interesting that like they're saying somebody's basically there's a quote here is what happens on Facebook matters. The promotion of violence online leads to real world harms. A particular true in Myanmar where Facebook had admitted that it played a role in inciting violence during the military's genocidal campaign. And then like there's it's just they have like statistics to show that like this stuff being said on social media and Facebook and these videos being shared and distributed is like a direct link to some of the violence that's going on. And I thought that was kind of crazy, you know, that it, they can see that and look at that and like actually have data for that. And it's like, how does like, like what happened? Like when that's happening, like, why is there, I don't know. It's just crazy that like, like there's gotta be a way to like filter it or like from a certain area or something or like, a way that you can like change what they're seeing to try and I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it like, I just thought I was, like, it was making me think like, how do you fix that? And there's like, no, you can't like, can you, I don't, I mean, <laughs> a lot of people, I a lot know. of people think that Facebook 
it should be more responsible for this stuff, but I just don't know what you expect them to do. I don't know what you, I, I, you know, we, they've tried, you know, Facebook is mm-hmm. Facebook and the government. They've like both, they've tried to get like the groups of the smartest people in like that, uh, in the planet on this stuff to try and figure out how like the rules and how these things should be handled every single time something new comes up and there's, disagreements about it you know it's never unanimous mm-hmm. about how a situation should be handled and i think it's insane that people expect that this thing that i was like created by accident essentially um you know is responsible for managing these sort of these sort of challenges where like anyone with an internet connection can download it you know so i guess it's like mm-hmm that's where it starts becoming the question is do you just limit the bit this the scale and scope of these businesses and where they can operate on you know it's like okay you can only you can only operate your app in like this country you know or like these sets of countries yeah. right uh but yeah i mean it's it's insane i mean it's just i was reading an article from just last week uh, of uh of a, a reporter there in Myanmar being who compiled a list who was like basically keeping a list of everyone that had basically been reported missing or assumed killed in the riots so far this year since the coup. Uh, and he was like kidnapped from his home and just like executed by gunmen in front of his family. Wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy shit. Just like out in the street, Jeez. you know? Yeah, it's nuts to think that's like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's such a ridiculous thing to say, but it's like we're like living in the same place, essentially, you know, that's just like some relative distance of land and water separates us. Yeah, from like that going on. And then you and I were like born here and not. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to bring up the other the other thing that you uh that we were going to talk about is the the kidnapping in haiti that happened like oh dude like of all the missionaries a few days ago yeah, like the church like group american yeah 17 american canadian missionaries kidnapped <laughs> by gang members in haiti insane and like the governments are getting involved and it's like they were abducted between like two they're on a bus and then the bus like i think the bus got hijacked or some shit Dude, and I feel like don't get me wrong man like this is terrible and it's awful right yeah but like nothing has ever made me want to like go on a mission like the the egotistical thought of white people going and Dude. temporarily fucking helping a third world country is so mind boggling to me I just like can I tell you the <laughs> god damn it can I tell you the can I tell you the quote uh, yeah, uh, there was a statement released by an Ohio, Ohio-based organization on Sunday. We are seeking God's direct direction for a resolution, and authorities are seeking ways to help. <laughs> oh my God! Can you imagine being like, what if you're a missionary that was on the fence? They have kids with them. They have kids with them. These, but that's what I'm saying. What if you were like on the fence about going, and they were like, "You gotta go with us," and you're like, "I don't really, you know, like God wants you to go," 
and then you and then you go and then you get kidnapped and you're like I guess God just wants me to fucking die. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, fuck. Yeah, dude, that shit is so. And then back insane. home, they're like, "Are people coming to help me?" And they're like, "They're just praying to God for you." And you're like, "I guess that's help, but like, you could, you could like." <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's like it's. I feel the same level of like sympathy for them as I do for like white tourists who go to these countries and get kidnapped too. <laughs> they're like, no, "It's gonna be fine." It's all about your attitude. Like, <laughs> like what? Uh, I love that it's Canadian and American. The Canadians are probably like, these fucking Americans got us caught. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> like, we're just out here trying to spread the word for the Lord. The Canadians are These like in the Americans. bus and they're just staring at an American guy who's <laughs> screaming at the locals because they don't have like Diet Coke like or it's like not cold or something. And then they just like kidnap the whole bus because of this guy. Like that's the details no one's releasing. Oh, man. So, yeah. What if, uh, what if one of the kids like snuck drugs and then one of the parents is like, all right, we're going to have a f- we like staged a kidnapping just to teach the kids a lesson about drugs and like why they shouldn't. What if this is like a scared straight, but it's like gone out of hand. It's like Karen went off the rails and it's like trying to get the, no, you don't think so? No, I just, it's hilarious. I'm just, I'm trying to th- remember. Um, <laughs> uh, have you seen Arrested Development? Do you ever watch that show? Yeah. Have you seen that's yeah. where it's like the, the dad does that to, the the kids where he fakes like his arm getting cut off in random accidents <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same guy and then oh. and then well, he tries to do the same thing to his dad to teach him a lesson his dad catches on and like returns it on to them <laughs> yeah dude that show is hilarious yeah, uh. yeah. So yeah, a, anyway, I brought up the Myanmar um, updates because obviously that's terrible. And I brought up the Haiti kidnappings because I think it's hilarious that white missionaries are getting kidnapped in Haiti because they think they're helping people. So maybe just yeah. stay the fuck out of the country and go mind your own business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay, so let's move on to the last uh the last segment here um it's been a it's been a while since we've done a podcast so there are some things that we're going to talk about now that are kind of have came and, and yeah, went. i feel yeah. like uh in in social media trends but we do have to address them still and i feel like one of those things is the crate challenge we, yes uh, yes we the we yeah we haven't recorded since the crate challenge and it it was getting it was getting wild for a second like i remember i saw like one or two videos of people on crates and I was like, well, that looks stupid. Yeah, like, really stupid. That? Yeah. And then for like two weeks, all I was watching were people falling off of dude, crates. Dude, people getting I think. fucked First up. two weeks. Fucked up, dude. Yeah. F- fucked oh up. And that's got to do those crate, like landing on a crate, like, ah. A hundred percent. But then there were some great ones where it was like the dude did it like no problem. And it was really like, interesting to like, me to see that, right? And it was, it was mm-hmm. what I noticed, you know, uh, like the people, <laughs> the people who had set the crates up on the on grass and stuff, like not on like a solid surface. It's like destined for failure. There's just yeah. no. I fe- 
I feel like we were both watching Snoop Dogg's Instagram. hundred percent. During yeah. this. Like I, I love, yeah, we'll like send each other's things from Snoop Dogg's Instagram all the yeah. time because he, his Instagram is amazing. Go, go follow Snoop Dogg on Instagram. If you don't, yeah, if you don't follow, uh, if anyone's listening, because his Instagram is, he is like, he is always up to date with like this shit like yeah. this. Like he always has, you know, like he's posting and they, just the videos he was posting were some of the gnarliest falls and it like the crates, like you'd see a stack that's like pretty big. Like you're wondering, you start to wonder like how, cause I've always like been like, oh man, those crates are nice to like hold things in, you know? And like I had a couple of them, but I'm like, oh, I wish I had more of these. Then you see people that have like thirty crates out in the yard. And you're like, how do they get all these crates? Where do they go? I fucking hate at? those like, things. Those things are so ghetto. I hate that shit. Those things are oh, the only use for those things is to carry fucking milk. Okay. <laughs> oh man, I just think it's so. Funny. I think I made you like stop using those. I hate them so much. On one of our moves, I was like, you can't just throw crates open crates of stuff into this moving truck when we move i think i made you put them into boxes and close the boxes because i'm a psychopath yeah. so you're like dude this crate's gonna fall over and i'm like no, it's, sorry it's fine, dude. dude sorry you have to be friends with me dude it's my bad it's all good uh <laughs> yeah but uh you know the crate challenge was a great uh Oh my it was a great god, moment. dude! There are some it good ones. Like, I'm back in our DMs. We gotta post a couple of these. Yeah, there are some that people dude. just <laughs> and it just shows a really eclectic uh, mix of people in the world, you know? Yes. You're like, you're, and there was videos on the news like, stop doing this, and everybody's like, you know, it was like, you know, people are scared of it. What I loved is we started talking about COVID when the Great Challenge started. We're like, people are scared to get the vaccine, but they're doing this. I was like, that was one of my fun. Yes. That was one of the funniest angles it was taken. Yes. Uh, but uh, also, dude, one of the next ones we wanted to talk about is the nicotine pouches. I was just like, yeah, um, we got to post this story, dude. We got to have to. Can you go if you're since you're looking at it? Can you go? Can you? Uh, I have to find it. Hold on. Tell second. people what we're. I have to you find it. Where is it. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, it's young Scandinavians are sticking nicotine pouches up their asses. This is on motherboard vice. Uh, um, <laughs> Try to put snooze in my anus once. Quite painful after just a few minutes, but the nicotine craving disappeared. So I guess it works. Some fucking guy on a Norwegian forum is the quote. That's the quote line. <laughs> One boy I spoke to got drunk and forgot to take out the nicotine pouch again. And the next morning he woke up and his penis was red and very swollen. And uh, was the first and last time he tried it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dude. And the, the pouches that they have in the picture look like they've already been in someone's ass. Like, those don't look like, they're like used, anything. They're like, used, oh, yeah, they're like used yeah. pouches. They're like, let's put a bunch of used pouches in a container. It's like, oh, yeah, like once it's in your mouth, then you stick it in your ass for like the, you know, for the last little couple little last the last hit yeah you want to get yeah you really bubble. you really juice it with your mouth just get it nice and warm <laughs> dude wow i might go get some and just stick them in my butthole later and see what happens like you should and then just go live as soon as you start to feel it yeah how many do you think i should put in like two or three like the pack the whole just pack like, you know 
the whole yeah the ca- whole can yeah. too it'll dissolve <laughs> or something not yeah. the can silly goose just all 15 <laughs> snooze pouches like the can won't dissolve you idiot um <laughs> who knows it might i don't think so but it might but i don't think so uh which i feel like the end of that story talking about somebody's swollen red hurting penis is a great transition into the next story that we have <laughs> which is a man tosses his penis this is another story that you posted <laughs> to me i was like what the fuck like, dude that one's insane that one's this would scar me this if i saw this in real life i would have to like go to like some like serious therapy for a while after like i think i would have like this is sounds crazy you're like you imagine you're on the street right and you're driving and in tennessee you're just or you're no you're just a police officer in tennessee and you're just sitting on the side of the road and you got your coffee and you got some tunes well i don't know whatever the fuck cops do on the car I don't fucking know, okay? But he's sitting there, he's doing his thing. He's got a speed gun out, and he's fucking just trying to catch you. And this car goes whizzing by, and you're like, what the fuck, that looks pretty crazy. <laughs> then you pull, uh, you follow him. And then he stops, he opens his door, he gets out, he's covered in blood. And throws his dick out the window. And then fucking shuts the door and keeps driving, dude. What the fuck? Straight up. If okay, say say (laughs) say we're both in the car together as cops. And we're the first cops on the scene on that one. And we're following him. And we watch him. And we watch him do this. I'm just getting out. I'm just getting out of our car. I'm taking my knife out and I'm just I'm stabbing a hole in one of our tires. And I'm calling in dispatch. Uh, yeah, we're gonna need backup to go ahead and get this guy. We got a we got a flat tire, so um, and his dick is off. I'm not. I'm not even <laughs> mentioning that. I'm just letting them. Uh, that'd be so yeah, psychotic. Because here's the thing. Here's really the thing about it. Is what else is that guy willing to do? Okay. I mean, I'm sure if you do that. You're pretty much willing to do, I think. You're going to the end, else. man. You're going to the end of the... Cut your dick if you cut your dick off, dude, because you can't just get it back on, can you? You can't put your dick on back you on can, when it's it, off. Well, you got to put it on ice and get it to a hospital immediately, and so they can sew your dick back on. But, like, you on. can't... It's not like they can just, like, put... Can they really sew it back? Yeah, they can sew your dick back on, dude. I've heard of this. Wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy. That's a gamble. That's a gamble, dude. <laughs> Ah, your penis just off, dude. Like, fuck. <laughs> just thinking about that's like, the nice just... thing about having a really small one, you know? Is it'd be really hard to do that. Sew it back together to get it cut off in the first it'd place. Like, oh yeah, you have to like stretch it out, you know. And then even then, it's like when you try to cut like a pair of jeans, and you have like you're trying to cut both legs at the same time, but you got the one overlaps. I feel like that's kind of the issue that you run into. Yeah, it's gotta be like a like a, a circular motion you know yeah 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 horrifying literally horrifying yeah if we were the cops on that one i'm letting the next cops chase that guy down because what's next um yeah uh so i was looking at these next things that that we have here and uh i feel like i might get a pair because i've been playing a lot of mario kart and my phone you're fucking lately. 
and this I feel like it's really up my game, dude. This really helped me capture the most stars on the track. Uh, a Mario Kart Mobile. These racer, or Mario Kart Mobile. These fucking loser thumb sleeves for these are ridiculous, dude. If I ever see somebody with these for, real, I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. No, dude. Though, <laughs> no. like these thumb sleeves are insane. Like, also I've seen like the phones that they have now. Like, just get. I don't know. Just like play, get a console. I don't like. Why do we? Oh, I know, right? It's like a. Yeah, I can't believe it. I, uh, yeah, I've seen people like trying to like stream on Twitch, like stream mobile games. You know, there's like a section on Twitch. That's like they're that. playing Warzone on their phone with these thumb sleeves. You look like such an idiot. Blue blockers. Oh my god. Yeah. So people were talking about we'll post it, but this the razor the gun the gaming company Razor came out with little sleeves that go over your thumbs. For while you play video games on your phone, so that you can, it's better aim and aim and grip. I, guess I don't even know what does it improve. What's like what? What's? I guess it improves like maybe if you're like rolling on your thumb, like and you're like moving like uh, ever so slightly, it might improve like the dexterity a little. Like 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 not the dexterity, but like the sensitivity of what this. I don't know. See, we're getting too deep right Dude, now. Dude, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's probably just they're like, oh, we don't have to make gloves anymore. We just have to make tips for your thumbs. Yeah. Sick. It remind me of those like weird fucking finger condom gloves they make, you know? That just. Oh, like when you get, when you like have a band aid on your finger, you're supposed to wear like just as con. Yeah. That's always so, dude. <laughs> Speaking of those things, whoever wears those, when you have a band aid on your finger, you're supposed to just wear a condom on your finger all 100%. day. 100%. Yeah. It just looks like a condom on yeah. your finger. Like, yeah, a little small one. They can make it look like anything else. Why can't? Why do they have to make it look like a condom? Yeah, they could put like Hello Kitty on it, you know, or like, like Bob the Builder. Or just don't. Yeah, make it something that you don't have to roll down on your finger, like a like, and then you have just dude. It's just it. I can't take it seriously. Whatever I'm. They're like, so weird, I'm dude. On, I'm They're like, so weird. This feels weird. Yeah, yeah. I remember one time I um, I got like left alone in a doctor's office as a child once. Um, my mom wasn't like in there and I found those things, dude. And I put them on every, like every finger. (laughs) 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 The doctor like came in. I just was like, (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing, bro. Well, the, the real point that I wanted to make with these things is ladies out there. If you meet a guy that has these, thumb sleeves i mean if i have to say it then there's a problem but you should avoid this these guys <laughs> just straight up uh dude tell me about this these fish you had this thing about these fish oh dude so um i was reading this article I, I found this article the other day that uh that there's, there's scientists that are testing basically the impacts of like sewage water on freshwater streams and specifically on salmon. And this is in the Northwest. Um, and uh, uh, they conducted an experiment to see if fish could get uh, addicted to drugs, uh, specifically meth. So they, they, there is a, uh, an active living school of salmon in the Northwest right now that are addicted to methamphetamine. 
<laughs> and I was like, where else would they do this besides fucking Washington State where they make meth salmon? You yeah. Know? Meth salmon. Meth fish. So interesting. I wonder if you can get high off the meth and the salmon. That was my other thought. And some meth heads are trying to break into the salmon factory because they're trying to get they're trying to well, fucking have a feast. Also, I'm assuming that whatever wherever they got their research grade methamphetamine from ah. is probably pretty good stuff. Not that I am interested at all, you know, but honestly, you know what it probably is? <laughs> it's probably seized methamphetamine that they just released. Like, oh, let's see if it, let's see if it fucks the salmon up. Like, let's see if we can get a salmon addicted to fucking meth. It seems like a good use of grant money. Like, what the fuck else are we doing? It's COVID, you know? Like, fuck. You put some in the tank, and they just all start swimming one direction. They just think they're going upstream. They're just like, gotta fucking get home. Gotta get home. <laughs> they're just, like, hitting the glass. Like, holy they shit. They all start trying to, like, to get they out all of start here. trying to sell you their coral, you know? They, they stop yeah. eating. Yeah, they've... They start getting all these extra gill holes in their face. They're like, what the Jesus fuck is going on? Christ, like, dude. I gotta get back to my fucking home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Poor meth fish, dude. Holy shit. How pissed yeah. would you be? You're just trying to, like... You're just trying to be a salmon. Be a fish. Meth. Yeah. How fucked is it that they can just pour meth powder into the water, and then you're just, like... You're just... Meth. You're just methed out like, now. Like that's just how it is. Because you have no choice. <laughs> yeah, it's like Yeah, they're just like putting it into the it'd be like so they could put it into the air somehow. Also, like, just, like I'm sorry, but like did we really need to fucking do an experiment to figure this out? Well, how fucked up is it now that like if one of those salmon lives through doing meth, it there's no way we don't have like salmon recovery. <laughs> I was just going to say, who's paying for the N.A.? What about the kids? Dude, they're just swimming around extra fast for the rest of their life. Like uh, the, All these were... S- what was that other... What was that thing I was doing before? Like, these were single salmon with no no kids, no families to care for? communicate to their other people, yeah. Who's responsible? There's going to be a... S- <laughs> there are going to be legends in the community. going to be like, he swam so Is fast. Is there DSHS so for these kids? Yeah. When their when their mom and yeah. dad leave them because they're too busy doing fucking meth. Yeah, dude. What if they? What if the meth gets into the salmon eggs when they get released, and then there's just residual. There's meth salmon babies. But you've, there's just meth salmon. Now you start a whole generation of addicts. And they're they're just they don't know where to go because they feel like instead of swimming home. They're like, oh, I'm trying to find. I'm the trying meth. to do meth. So I'm disrupt- not swimming upstream anymore. That's just stupid. You disrupt the ecosystem. You did. Now they now oh they just want to go do meth. They I don't, don't want to swim back home. They all start, dude. Then they all the bears die because there's no salmon <laughs> to feed on, salmon, and the only dude. salmon that do make it up there are all riddled with meth. So then you get meth bears. Now look what you did. Now you got meth bears. Now salmon from other communities have to come to this salmon community and, and clean it up. The meth salmon and clean it and up. Clean it up. We have to, we have to, they have to gentrify the. All these other salmon, all these other salmon, salmon, just all they do is. All these Atlantic salmon. They just eat Twizzlers and, and drink over. fucking Pepsi all day. Fucking losers. Pieces of shit salmon. <laughs> okay. The last, okay. <laughs> all right. Last, last one here. And this is one that I, we talked about a while ago, but I still think about it because 
I I want to think about the type of person that would like. This is the weapon that they choose. This is also such a boy thing, by the way. This is such a dude thing right here. To be utterly fascinated by this, by the way. Just fair warning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So this is an old weapon that's kind of been phased out of combat. And you can understand why it's been phased out of combat. Because it's insane. It's It's a whip that is also a sword. I don't know the proper name for it. Uh, Swip. But I watched a like I watched a video on people using these, and it's called a Urumi, I think is the name. It's U R U M I, and it's just like a whip blade. And some of these some of these whip blades had several blades on it, so it was like kind of like a nine tail, but like oh my god. a fucking blade. Oh my god. That's crazy. And the video I saw of these people training with them is they would just have, like, you'd have a shield, and you're kind of just, like, throwing the whip blade out and kind of just trying to... It's insane, dude. Like, I... <clears throat> Whips already scare the shit out of me. I don't like them because it's, like... It looks like it hurts a lot. Do you have a whip and phobia? I... Kind of, yeah. Like, but not... Uh, do you ever... No, nobody's ever brought one in the bedroom with you? You ever gotten whipped? No. No, I have not been whipped. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I don't like it. Like, I feel like uh, they're scary to, like, use because you always feel like you're going to hit yourself. And then they it's just like, you know, getting hit by a whip is just. But when it's a blade, too, that's just, it's insane, man. I, I. I don't even know what to say. I, when I when we saw it, I remember sending. I think you might have sent it to me, but I was like looking at this and I was like, "What the fuck? Like, w- like why was this a weapon? Like, this is." But I, you also you probably feel like an absolute badass on the battlefield if you were walking through just whip sorting people's heads clean off. Like, it would be insane. Like you like that's that should be a weapon in a movie. Like. Fuck watching just regular sword fighting and bow, like, shooting and shit. Like, I'm trying to see, like, whip sword fighting. Like, I'm trying to see, like, Anne Hathaway, like, doing cartwheels through a fucking battlefield. Like, whip sorting people's legs in half. Dude, that'd be awesome. She's not an action star, though. Really. She could totally do it, though, I think. She could. Catwoman? She did Catwoman once, right? She was Catwoman once? Yeah, she Catwoman should have had a whip blade. I feel like whip sword or something. Catwoman from Arabia, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I'm a big fan of the, 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 I mean, well, I mean, from a theoretical perspective, I mean, I don't think you see a lot of it because I'm not sure how fucking useful the thing was, honestly. <clears throat> um, well, it just depends on how good the fucking dude was. The operator? It, you know? Well, yeah, no shit. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying like, Nobody I'm ever saying, like it, a master sword whipper versus like a master... <laughs> Anything else is getting his ass whooped, you know? <laughs> Master Sword Whipper is so funny. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> Master Sword Whipper is hilarious. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, straight up, like a really good dual wielder is going to fuck up a Sword Whipper. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's true. Or like a spearman. Like, God forbid you have a gun. What if you can just whip sword the gun out of the hands, you know? I mean, you better be, like, yeah, I mean, if you better be, like, within range of me. 
I mean, you watch Indiana Jones do it a bunch of times. I feel like there's got to be somebody on that same level, you know? But that's a whip whip, dude. A whip sword is not going to have the same. Dude, maybe there's a blade on the end, you know? Maybe there's like... And then it's got tiny little blades. Maybe it's a crazy whip. Maybe it's just like a chainsaw blade. All right, well, in your theoretical world of make-believe items and make-believe operators, I'm sure it's possible. Dude, I feel like there's some... Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, honestly, honestly... There's somebody we don't know about, dude. There's somebody back in the day that was like, the legend wasn't told, but there was a fucking... I hope we find out, because I think there should be. Master sword. I, there should be someone. I mean, I would love to see it. I would love to hear. <laughs> I'd love to hear the Barth tale of 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 the sword whipper because I just I haven't. Yeah. So, you know. Ah <laughs> oh, man. Well, shoot, man. That was that was a good. I feel like that was a good episode. Dude, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, I feel like we had some good, we had some laughs, we had some good points made. Some laughs, we had some cries. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was nice to record. You know, it's been a, it's been a minute since the last one, so yeah, that's my like... fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like we, well, we both been we both been busy people, but um, it was nice to sit down and do this with you, sir. Uh, I uh, yeah, got a show coming up this Saturday, on the twenty third. Okay. And then Where at? I'm also doing um, in in Salinas at the XL. I'm hosting, uh, so that'll be fun. Oh, good! You got your uh, your yeah, monthly the base, basement, the basement show. show. Yeah, the monthly. Awesome! Yeah. Awesome! Got some great great comics. Uh, headliner Matt Goopser just had a comedy album come out on Spotify. Goopser. So, yeah, that's the last name. <clears throat> and then I'm doing this uh, cannabis Thanksgiving kind of comedy show on the 13th in Bethel Island. Bethel Island? Where's that? It's up by Oakland. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So that's all I got right now. Is it it an actual Uh, island? I believe so. I think I have to get on a bridge. You have to get on a bridge? Yeah. That's crazy, dude. Dude. I don't know. I've never been. I've never been on a bridge before. We're going to go. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I have a trans. I have a, a phobia of transversing bodies of water. So, uh, just see. never crossed one of them. That makes sense. Yep. That's why I live in Missouri. Um, well, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Uh, go follow the go follow the the podcast, the Instagram people. If you're still listening at uh, at two dabs pod, yeah. all one word, please. Um, go follow go follow that we post some video clips and stuff uh yeah that was fun dude i'll, I'll i guess i'll, I'll uh, talk to you next time talk to you next time dude